Welcome to Starfleet Boy, where we have a casual and informal discussion about our beloved series, Star Trek. episode of Starfleet Boy, where we have a casual and informal discussion about Star Trek. And uh, today we're back to Star Trek The Next Generation, although for future audiences this won't matter because you might be binge-watching Starfleet Boy, which is quite a lot. That's an achievement. That's like watching The Crown or... (laughs) (laughs) What else is it like watching? The Crown. Game of Thrones. Have you... Game of Thrones. I hope it's not like Game of Thrones. I hope it's more like The Crown. Here at Starfleet, boy, we are so happy to deliver our Christmas address to you on the phone. <laughs> on the phone. I like how she says phone. I think it's no secret. Matt that Smith I'm is in that, isn't he? Yeah, he plays. Uh, he he plays ooh. Philip. He play, he plays uh, yes Philip Prince, Prince Philip, Philip is the, is how he's styled right doctor, okay just so you know uh, I just call him <laughs> Philip sorry you you may be on a first name basis with his royal highness but I'm not <laughs> so unfor- unfortunately I have to what, what are they in their eighties now they have to be they're quite old uh, I I hope that's not offensive your Majesty um, <laughs> they are they're quite old this is a Let's strange way to start off. Is. <laughs> well, we're going to be talking Isn't about Klingon royalty, so I guess it's true. And hierarchy and honor. He's ninety-six years old. He's much older than you thought. Jeez. And uh, Her Majesty is ninety-one years old. Wow. That's impressive. Hmm. They. All I'm saying is, if I were a royal, I would expect to live a long life because. I would expect that I'm being taken care of. Yeah, of, of course. Like, yeah, everything. The best of any. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, like <laughs> what happens after she dies? I think uh, Prince Charles. No, if I'm not mistaken, no, didn't he the, abdicate the right, the right of succession? I think he abdicated, <laughs> like, didn't he? I don't remember. Reading I believe about he did. Prince Charles abdicate. Oh my gosh, you're gonna. This is one of those moments where you're gonna get me here. <laughs> did Prince? Charles, yes, I believe he did abdicate when he married Camilla. Oh my! Yeah, because then yeah, they're not gonna have they're, Camilla's not gonna be queen. Okay, which which uh, do we trust? People dot com or answers dot yahoo dot com? No, I believe it's legal. a real. No, he abdicated. He, he um, after the whole thing, and and so I guess it would pass on to his kids, right? So it'd be either... Um, if he did abdicate, then yes, uh, Prince William, William would would become uh, king. Or or would, I wouldn't... or would they have to call Captain Picard to <laughs> negotiate between him and his brother? Sir Segway, would... <laughs> segway into the episode. We don't even have to do a summary now no. because that was like... <laughs> That was perfect. That was like totally perfect. The summary of the episode. I just gave it. <laughs> Who would come in and assassinate Gowron in the real life version of this of this uh, play? Like, who was the wharf of the royal family? Who was the wharf like, of the royal like, family? I don't know. That's a good question. I oh. hope it's not Donald Trump. <laughs> if, if only our royals were as interesting interesting as the Klingon. <laughs> That's the Klingons are. So, Doctor, you've, you've uh, got us back on track, which is always a good thing for Starfleet Boy. We have uh, a little visit today by Space Cat. Arthur, hi. Yep. And I've sent out some invitations, so we may have, or we may not have, some surprise uh, guests from uh, Starfleet, Starfleet Boy's uh, crew. <laughs> the crew on Starfleet Boy. <laughs> is it a crew? Or is it a division? It's like a division of of Starfleet, right? <laughs> no, I'm just it's a fleet. <laughs> section section 
30 we're a fleet. Seven. We have our own ships. We're we each have our own ships. We're, se we're section 37. It's section a little known. 37. <laughs> 37. Yeah. It's like, we're the, the crazy. It's even, it's, even, it's even deeper than section 31. <laughs> like, the, section 31 can't even prove our existence. That's how, that's how deep we are. <laughs> uh, we have a singular mm. wit, Doctor. I do indeed. Well, you started it. Anyway, <laughs> so everything about this episode did not go the way that I thought it would. <laughs> no, it Well spoken, Luke Skywalker. <laughs> so uh, basically, uh, do we want to just give our ratings right now? Because it's one of those episodes, I think, right? Well, we just... I'm, Dive this is it. not yeah. going to go the way <laughs> that, that you think. think. Oh, wow. um, oh no! I, oh, no, wow. I, I I love the episode, but I have okay. I have one. I've, there's one gripe I hold against this episode, <laughs> and I've held it since. Oh, sorry, I didn't uh, turn my things on silent. Oh, okay. Go on. <laughs> uh, I've, I've had it since actually the original airing of the episode. And then I've discovered a, a, a new grudge that I bear against this episode. And I'll go into the new one, which is that uh, they should not have killed Kalar. Yeah, yeah, I know. I hear you. That, that, hear that ya. to me is, is, uh, is I mean, I obviously, it feels the drama and it feels one of the best scenes for Worf. I mean, when he goes over and, you know, I love that scene where, you know, Riker rushes in. He's like, Worf! And he's just like... Whoop. But, you know, there's just no... when It's one of those things that I have to say that, like, there's it's very hard to give that one... It, it would have been hard to resist as a writer for me because <laughs> it's, like, so... Well, they could have done it, it, it but they could have waited. I mean, how many yeah. episodes did we have with her? It's been well, it's been a couple of seasons, right? Because we saw her in <laughs> we saw this her. one and the and the one she was introduced. We could have had like a yeah, I know. I don't know a little honeymoon period where we could have had just a you know <laughs> I don't know. It, it 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 was shocking that we would lose such a. a, a a vibrant character so soon into the run, a character that had plenty of potential, a character who really could have gone into Deep Space Nine even. Um, That's true. I mean, she was... But how else... Okay, then how else could you have envisioned what would have driven Worf to the point and made it legal in... Uh, <laughs> well, no, obviously, right, kill, yeah. You know, to kill... Like, that's the thing is, is like... Worf would not have been the whole episode would have been different if Kalar had lived. So she died. So that's you know, writers. God made the decision, <laughs> right? But I mean, I guess the, yeah. the god of death made the decision that day to kill Kalar. So Worf's reaction was appropriate to it to was. What it was, and I love the episode. Totally I just wish there would have been more with Kalar. Um, now Susie Plaxton to... does doesn't she come back in Star Trek again? She's a. I know she's on Enterprise. She's an Andorian. She's a. She plays a great Andorian on Enterprise. And uh, let's take a um, look at her. Uh, she's on Deep Gary's Space Nine. <laughs> Susie Plaxton. He but, could just tell me. <laughs> yeah, he's the he's the data. He is the for data. Us. Gary, you're the data. <laughs> he's the data. You know. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, but but I, used, I, I just I I, it just data. seemed like that actress was <laughs> they were bending over backwards to get her on the show. They finally get her on the show, and they kill her. <laughs> I'm confused. It happens. I don't understand. The, she's like on a ton of um, Star Trek. So she plays Tara on Enterprise, as you said. Mm -hmm. And then she was on Star Trek Voyager as the female Q. That's right. That's right. And let's see. She was on Star Trek The Next Generation. She had a lot of sass. Oh, this, uh, as, as, this was her only role on TNG, so I don't think she was on DS9. Oh, okay. I don't My mistake. And that's not really a ton of Star Trek. <laughs> but she's very memorable. <laughs> yeah, she she's is. She's very memorable. And, uh, and, of course, she's the ever-present Dr. Selar, who was never seen, but 
always around. Wait, she plays Dr. Salar? She plays... You see her once. You see her once, but you always <laughs> hear, right. like, Chris is, like, paging Dr. Dr. Salar. Like, Speaking of which, did you... I don't know if you watched the last two episodes of uh, Chapter 1 of Star Trek Discovery, um, but there's a... There's a I'm sorry, is that the fan that, film? <laughs> there's, an, there's an announcement on the uh, overhead that says uh, uh, Cadet Deckard report to the ready room. <laughs> okay, so your non-response to that shows me that you're... Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. This is 10 years before the original series. But Decker's an old man, and he has his own command by... No, Cadet Deckard, as in the second, like, Matthew The pedophile Decker? <laughs> Unfortunately, yes. The play by... Played by... <laughs> was, he was Does that work? Correct. Does that work oh, in terms of But the age? actor is not the character. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I know, I know, is, but that's the way I think of it. Is that why Lando... Is that why uh, we don't... We're never going to get Lando? Is this like... <laughs> just switching to another another fandom for a second here. Will Billy D. Williams never be allowed to be in a Star Wars film? Is, why? Is oh, thing? no, I don't know about this. Oh, uh, okay. I don't know. I heard that Billy D. Williams was not so nice with, with his wife or something. We could have, I don't know. It was you're on the spreading news or something. Now you're spreading. I might be spreading rumors. Yeah. Mr. D. Williams, if that's not real, that's I not apologize. Real. I don't think that's real. No. Come on. <laughs> He's cool, man. But I don't know. I know these so days. Sure. These days. These are. These are <laughs> um, <laughs> it's true. Um, but. Uh, but it, this is old news, like years ago news. So I don't know. I'm just saying. I felt like I remember when I was like. Like, like fifteen years ago, there was something I, on the news. You might have missed it. I, I think that was a Colt Forty Five commercial. I don't think that was a real. Oh my god! But, All right, we'll get back to Star Trek. Then. Yeah, let's stay on Star Trek. Okay. Um, Good grief, Doctor! Good grief! What are we talking about? I don't remember anymore. We're talking about an amazing episode of yeah, Star Trek. Day, but I'm also very happy to see you. It's been a it's been a minute, and so I'm a little overexcited, which I tend to I tend to be, and so I'm all, all right. over the place. But I assure Calm you down. that Calm there's down. A, I do <laughs> I do. It's an exciting time of year. This is when it all all the things are happening: Christmas and Hanukkah and Kwanzaa and Festivus and. Do Klingons have a year end? The English translation translation is uh, "death upon the log." De- <laughs> De- death log is the short death version log. of the Kling- the Klingon holiday uh, celebration. <laughs> they just stab each other with pain sticks all all, all Christmas morning. Um, no, but I I, I do. I do wish that we'd have more of Kalar. I, I, I don't understand why they would have wasted uh, such a great opportunity to have a a character of number one, a brilliant foil for Worf in terms of, you know, Worf is, is very much, you know, he's trying to be a, a proper Klingon and she just doesn't give a crap. And Right. No, she's great. She was great uh, in terms of... Uh, how she performed also, like, opposite yeah. Michael Dorn. And- yeah. And then, didn't you get the sense... Now, I don't know what her official... I don't know how where what her official rank is. Uh, I know that that she's the, she's the ambassador... She's the Federation ambassador to the Klingons in this episode, is she not? She is. Or it might be the other way around. She's a Klingon serving as an ambassador to the Federation. Oh, it's not the other way around. The impre- well, the impression I get in the scene where Gowron is offering her a seat on the council. Well, we can look this up. Probably it's probably well documented. But from my memory of the mm-hmm. episode, <clears throat> um, Gowron is uh, proposing, you know, offering her every anything from a command on a ship to yeah. um, council uh, position, and he seems to like think that like she's like she seems to say something along the lines of I am serving the Klingon 
you know, she's like you could serve. Okay, so she's the, she's the serve. Okay, gotcha. So I under, the, the way, way I understood is that she sees herself or she is the the Klingon ambassador to the Federation. Now, do you get the sense that maybe she's more than that? Maybe. Well, all ambassadors are more than that. No, but I mean, like, <laughs> like, like mean? just like, the way she was <laughs> able to access the records, the way she's trying to access the records as to what happened and all that stuff. And just, I just felt that she had a bit of espionage background to her. You know, I, I, I felt that maybe secret agent Kalar could have been. Oh, my gosh. A show, you know. I, 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 I just, I just imagine, I picture her as, as maybe in charge of the Klingon version of Section Thirty One. Um, wow, that's a, that's a fun, uh, that's a really fun idea. I think that that can still be, that could still be done. And it, but then I'm endorsing prequels, but still, like it, which we it haven't had good luck be, of lately. But yeah, <laughs> but I'm down. I'm down to see a show. At least it'll be set in the uh, appropriately close to current era. <laughs> like, <laughs> but that that was my my one gripe is is that I think it's a shame to have wasted her. And uh, and then the gripe that I've always had since the moment it aired, and this everybody in my family shares this, is we hate the scene where Picard reprimands Worf. I learned... Really? Yes. I think Picard was way out of line there. I, what? Yes. What else was no. Worf supposed to do? Kirk, what? Kirk would not have reprimanded Worf. Kirk would have been like... It would have been like that scene in The Trouble with Tribbles... Where, you know, he's like, okay, fess up. What did you guys do? Who did it? And then it would have just been, you know, swept under, swept under the rug. But a boom, reprimand boom. on his record? Oh, my God. That's Picard, though. Like, that's not inconsistent with his character. And it's only season It four. is consistent with his character, and I disagree <laughs> with it. No, no. I think it is very consistent with his character. But I disagree with it is, is what I'm saying. I think. Oh, okay. I, I think. No, I'm saying. You know, what I was saying is it wouldn't have been consistent with his character if he had just let it go. Like, it is consistent that he would give Worf a reprimand. Doesn't sit well with Picard, me. I don't Picard think. Picard has. Kirk would have given him a, a pass. Cr- but Picard has a rare career in that I would say I would argue that he's even in some ways the the major difference between he and Kirk is that Picard rose to the esteem of the of the Federation in terms of being the flagship captain um, through a totally different route than Kirk did. I mean, Kirk <laughs> Kirk just like wings it broke and the rules. totally yeah. broke the rules and saves earth and then right. how do you repay someone how do you repay the person that saves the earth like there's no, like you don't you just don't tell three that times what at to least do. yeah <laughs> like, you just you don't tell that guy what to do you just right. let exactly. him do let him do his thing right like, exactly. it's like exactly. <laughs> picard's a little different you know like he doesn't have he's hasn't saved he just fresh He's just fresh out of saving the Earth one time from the board. That's it. Like that's the only that's the only thing he's done of note. And yet he also failed a little because he turned into a board doing it. Right. Uh huh. Like you have to think oh. about that. Like, do you think Kirk would have delivered? Like, would have been easy to convert no, to, to no. assimilate. Like, there would have been something. Been something right. He would have bit the apple. Something. I don't like to lose. <laughs> I don't like to lose, and he would have, you know, wouldn't have him. But poor Picard, unfortunately, he does. Uh, he suffers. <laughs> he, he's different, man. He's a, he's a hard ass. He's he's a little bit different from Kirk, and I don't know. I, <laughs> I love them both so much. <laughs> I I I'm, I don't love Picard, and this is one of the moments that I'm like, I would not want to be on his ship. No, nope. no, nope. no. It's, no. I don't know. It's tough. It's a tough decision. I mean, like. <laughs> I mean, what else was Worf supposed to do? The guy killed the mother of his child. Okay, so and was throwing his entire Quentin family Tarantino, into. I, I couldn't help but think that if the rumors of a Quentin Tarantino version of Star Trek were true, I, I'm sure that in actuality, Quentin Tarantino would. He is an auteur, and I really love his films, and I'm sure he would do a, a wonderful job with Star Trek. But as as you know, my childish nature is, is is prone to do. I can't help but think, what if it was made like a Quentin Tarantino movie of of uh, typical 
how a typical one goes, right? And this would have been a lot bloodier. Yeah. And a, there would have been a lot of cursing. Yeah. 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 And Warp I'd would have that. slapped. And Warp would have slapped Captain Picard after after he reprimanded it. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know what would have happened. But I am willing to find out because Sir Patrick possibly is interested. So. To to <sighs> quote the great Luke Skywalker, <laughs> this is not this is not going to go the way you think. If Quentin Tarantino <laughs> makes a Star Trek movie, I'm just oh, saying. Gosh. I I, I I do not join the uh, the throngs of people who are. Are dying for that. I'm sorry. I I mean, if I'm having trouble with Discovery, guys, <laughs> you really want Quentin Tarantino to make a Star Trek movie? Why doesn't no, Star folks, Trek get like Ken- Kenneth Branagh to direct a Star Trek movie? A Next Generation. Actually, TNG's final movie could be directed by Ken- Sir Kenneth Branagh. Is he a sir? I think he's definitely a you sir. You know, <clears throat> I'd be a. I don't know. You know what? You need somebody who just understands Trek. And I, 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 don't, I don't know person? if Kenneth Branagh understands Trek. I, I mean, I was disappointed with uh, Murder on the Orient Express. Do you, we have to? I have a. This is a big question because, like, do you really have to understand Trek, or do you have to like? No, I think you have to understand Trek. Because I don't know the credentials, but. Did Bob Wise and it's beautiful. I mean, the motion picture is beautiful, but Bob Wise, like how that, how much Trek did? Well, that's that's a good point. You know, that's a good point. Nick Meyer. Well, no, hold on, no, wait. Bob Wise. Well, let's let's take Nicholas Meyer. Nicholas Meyer understood, had an understanding. Let's just say this: he had an interpretation of Trek. That was very nautical based, and he was he, he understood it. The Horatio Hornblower uh, roots the, that yeah the roots yeah. all that stuff. So you know, you, I think you do need somebody who kind of. I mean, obviously he didn't know the minutia, but he kind of got the general. He got that general gist of it, and then he went so with who, it. Who the director of Master and Commander? Who's that? Peter Ware. Peter Weir? <laughs> Peter yes, Weir do a Star Trek I think movie? Peter Weir can direct Star Trek. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I think he already has. I think it's called Master and Commander. I think it's a secret Star Trek movie. So you, yeah. to you, uh, that's, the, that's the vibe, basically. And I yeah. agree with you. I kind yeah. of I yeah. agree with or, you. Boy, we're going way off topic here, man. Well, I mean, no, actually, it's all pretty relevant. It's already relevant. We're gonna come right back to start. Right, next generation. Well, the problem is that we already loved this episode, and the only two critiques you could come up with are those were, two. Yeah, no, everything else is perfect. Two, like, it's true. Everything else is perfect. So, audience, do you? What do you think of this episode? Um, is it a love? Is it like one of those pantheon episodes? Because that's what I'm saying. It's a pantheon. To me, it's like up. It's a milestone like episode. It is. It's a big it's deal. It's a milestone episode. I mean, if you think about the fact that... Well, we're introduced to Gauron. <laughs> Gauron's first appearance. So what do you... Knowing Gauron as we all do, I mean, we really Love do... That that's a character we... Yeah. I mean... <laughs> uh, I mean, this, he's this, this is a, He's insane. I mean, those eyes, those boogly eyes that he has, <laughs> are just... I mean, I'm like, wow... <laughs> Um, you know, I, I think I think it, it's a it's a turning point in terms of, uh, you know, we get Gowron, we lose Kalar. We, oh, wow, we get what's his name? Alexander is introduced, obviously, yep. to the canon. There's there's another interesting <clears throat> thing in this episode, just in terms of establishing like itself and um, kind of in terms of that milestone you were talking about. But um, there's a casual line about how Kim Peck is the longest running chancellor. Of the Klingons, so that means that sometime after Gorkin and Azitbur, I don't know how long Azitbur, if she was a provisional chancellor or if it got, you know, because she succeeded her father. I don't know how chancellorship works. Like, do you get elected to being chancellor, or how do you know? Like, how does it work on the Klingon homeworld? But either way, it, it's obviously a position that you can have for many, many years. Kind of like. I guess a prime minister is similar, right? You can, well, yeah, you can, you can have indefinitely. That's actually something that uh, I, re- I just recently watched a, a program, a public affairs program on PBS about 
how the United States is really the only major uh, Western power that doesn't have uh, uh, a greater division in terms of at the at the executive branch, you know, we have the president and then that's it, you know, the buck stops there. But then, you know, you have in England, you have the prime minister and then you have um, the minister of defense. And it's, there's a little more. It's spread out a little bit more. You know, the uh, but we have I think we thing, have departments. The, the, the state Germany department. has a prime know, minister, does it? Yes. And they have the chancellor. Merkel oh. is chancellor. But then some there's Wait, just somebody who, who just handles foreign. The foreign stuff. Chancellor. <laughs> and then there's somebody who handles the domestic stuff more. And and this this person was making the case that perhaps we expect too much of the president. Yeah, we should actually have two I think that's two positions. I think it's wrong. I think Ger- Germany's prime minister is the chancellor. It's just a, a name thing. No, I, I think they ha- actually have to positions. Are you sure? Well, Check you would it. know. You were. In, well, that's uh, what this guy was saying. You were, in, you were on the Security Council. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was many, many years ago. Um, but you know what I mean. There's more division of power. I don't know. I don't. I don't know why I'm confused. But yes, I I do know what you mean. But also, they can run for like more than just two consecutive terms. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. They can. They can run. So that's what Klingon. You're saying Klingon. Well, I'm very confused about the Klingons because, actually, let's talk a little bit about Star Trek VI, (laughs) wherein another captain of the Enterprise comes to the aid of a a dying... Of a a dying... (laughs) So, did Star Trek VI steal from Next Generation a little here? Because this episode came out before Part VI, didn't it? Oh, that's a really good question. No, I don't... This episode came before VI. But um, but as you said, in the case of Gorkin, his daughter seemed to be. Uh, I mean, there was a there was a there was a line in Star Trek Six where um, what's his name uh, Christopher Pl- uh, Plummer, what's his name? Oh, uh, Kang. Kang, General no. Kang. Okay, where he says that she has been instated as chancellor. So some process happened. It wasn't just upon his death. Something happened, right. and she is chancellor. So now it was very fast. It was I'll very say fast. that it was like within the day, at the very least. Uh, but <laughs> but yet, you know, here in Next Generation, we we seem to have in this episode, and obviously Picard is prolonging it because he's asking for the uh, the rights where you have to basically <laughs> they have to explain why they're worthy and they have to sing songs of their previous accomplishments and stuff which I like that which he is great. I like that he went that route and um I would say that like there but like what do you think Star Trek 6 took from this episode other than because there was no assassinate I don't know I'm I'm just saying there there's echoes because I mean it's there are definitely it's echoes the, yeah. uh, captain of the enterprise once again coming to the aid of of the yeah. of a of a of a of a murdered, but essentially a murdered uh, Klingon chancellor. Uh, right, but at, at, as far as continuity goes, un- William Shatner gets to claim it because because <laughs> he's Shatner and he's Kirk. And, <laughs> well, he's the older he's the older guy. Right. He's the guy. He's the, That's true. Continuity always wins. Continuity always wins. That's true. <clears throat> continuity always wins. Continuity. Listen always to that wins. discovery. <laughs> continuity always wins. <laughs> that could go against you. Who? <laughs> but yes, it's true. Discovery needs to pay attention. That um, we're really all over the place on this episode. Uh, but I think that the the thing of <laughs> the thing about this episode and why it's for me a milestone episode is because I really didn't care about the Klingons until about this this time. Just on a personal level, like I was just always like, "Oh no, it's like another Klingon story." Oh, but but you but didn't now, think that with the last one, though. I didn't, but I mean, at the same time, like I I remember being very fatigued by the Klingons because I was so in my youth, I was so like uninterested in um, fighting and battle, and I was very like pacifist, like 
I was a militant pacifist, if you will, and so I was just like, oh, let's let's do a science episode. Like, can't we just see mm. another? Okay. You know, like, can't see we see another episode that like that like has like um, giant jellyfish? Giant jellyfish, sure. <laughs> yeah, I was that, for sure, I was that guy. But uh, but Kalar's death affected me. Like, it really brought me into the whole thing, and so I think that. Um, we have to. I guess we have to ask Ron D. Moore and Brandon Braga because they wrote this. By the way, I recently made a mistake and gave Brandon Braga credit for Battlestar Galactica on Starfleet. That was Ron Moore. So, it was Ron D. Moore. And I wrote it in the comment section, but on, I went back and um, I, I was watching it. I was like, "Yeah, Brandon Braga, Battlestar Galactica." And I'm like, "No, I know, I, I know, I know better." Like it's like I actually. I just wasn't paying attention that's to funny. myself. Oh my god, that's funny. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> anyways, but if by any chance this ever gets to you guys and you feel like answering, the doctor and I would really like to know what the motivation was behind. Oh, it's uh, online. Death. Oh, <laughs> never mind, Brennan and uh, and Ron. We don't need you anymore. Well, no, it's online. Um, <laughs> well, what's the well for crying in the night? What's the what's reason? the for Why crying in the over? night? What's the reason? Well, if you go to uh, Memory Alpha, which okay. is kind of the uh, the home for the for every the go to for all these for all such questions, there's a there's a <laughs> quote. Um, this is from uh, Michael Pillar, actually. Um, this is the, by the way, this is the first episode written by Brandon Braga and the first writing collaboration between Braga and Ron Moore. Oh, neat. And uh, Michael Pillar commented, I killed Kalar. The original idea was about Worf's kid and bringing Kalar back, who was having a relationship with Duros. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, <All> right. Yeah. <laughs> but what, well, that's really dark. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But oh, man. when we started talking about how to make the story work, I'm the one who said she should die. You wanted to get to a place where Worf was going to take Duras apart, and there's no real good reason for him to do it unless she that's dies. He had it coming. Uh, By the way, uh, Jonathan Frakes directed this episode. He did? I didn't pay attention. Jonathan Frakes directed this episode, and um, which is, I think, also adds to the fact that that, uh, that this is such a great episode. I don't know anyone from Miami Beach. Oh yeah, you're totally right. Um, it, His it, uh, IMDb headshot is wonderful, by the way. Oh, I haven't seen it. <laughs> Sorry, um, go on. <laughs> it, I, I think it added to the pacing of the episode, and and just I love the shots in Worf's quarters when he's coming to to um, it's a, when he's trying when he's coming to comfort Alexander, and you see that weird chair. And I don't know if we ever actually see Worf sitting in that chair, but it's just that weird. Sculpture-like I chair. Think we, yeah, no, I love that chair. It looks like something that the lady from Beetlejuice designed. <laughs> that they later <laughs> come to life and. It's, it's, they're both Paramount uh, properties, so I, no, I wouldn't be not. surprised. No, they're not. They're not. No, are you sure? Beetlejuice is Warner Beetlejuice Brothers. Is n- Shut your mouth. Why do I remember the Paramount logo? No, you remembered wrong. Remember, it's it's and- it's Geffen Brothers. So Warner Brothers, Geffen Brothers, the circle, ah, yeah, the circle, yeah. Of life. Um, I have such a, a doctor. I'm getting old. I'm becoming very old. My memory is not what it once was. You you could be trapped in uh, in a Romulan holodeck, <laughs> and they're trying to obtain the uh, the location <laughs> that's, that's of Starbase Twenty Three. That's called foreshadowing, know, folks. Because of, what's that? That's called foreshadowing. <laughs> Thank goodness for Minuet. Um, <laughs> did you know, Jonathan? Are you gonna watch? Are you gonna watch? Uh, that's by the way that, that Minuet is a totem. So are you gonna say that uh, that what's his face Nolan stole? <laughs> yes, Nolan stole <laughs> from Star, from Star Trek. Trek. <laughs> Because I would say, fine, okay, I agree with that. 
<laughs> Inception was <laughs> a Riker episode. <laughs> uh, Next Generation. Um, anyways, but... <laughs> Christopher Nolan Doctor, could direct Star Trek. He could. I agree. There we go. Um, I'm going to make a personal request on the air for you. Um, a personal Starfleet Boy request. And... I know you're not. I already know you're not obligated to say yes just because I'm making it on the air. I know you'll still say no if the answer is no. So I, I just wanted to like, just go ahead. I just thought of it now, and so I wanted to point out. You mentioned that Jonathan Frakes directed this episode, which is one of the reasons why I think it stands out so much. Mm-hmm. Um, he's directing the January seventh opener to Star Trek Discovery, so he is directing. That's his episode. It's called Despite Yourself. So I would ask you. I know you've I know you've disengaged from from Star Trek Discovery, but if you can muster it, <laughs> just watch that episode so that we can talk about it. And uh, at the very least, we could see how Frakes did. We could see how how Jonathan Frakes did. Uh, we can just talk about it from a structural standpoint, just from a direction. Yeah, I guess I could. Standpoint. I guess I could. <laughs> I, guess I, right. I guess I'm intrigued it, enough. That makes me very happy. I think that you know, for me, that's like. <laughs> <laughs> we got to give Mr. Frakes his uh okay his due. I uh, I grant you approved <laughs> 2 minutes. <laughs> Starfleet boy, I grant you, I grant you one more episode of Star one Trek. One more episode. <laughs> Star Trek Discovery. Star Trek Discovery. <laughs> so now I consult the book. Yes. Uh what season are we in? Season four, episode seven. Holy cow! Where is this episode? The drumhead. Oh wow! When is that happening? That's oh, that's happening this soon. season. That's a yeah. It's this season, and um, I forget. There's another the one where Jordy uh, turns into that invisible life form that. <laughs> <laughs> That's the season two, and uh, yeah, if I'm not mistaken, Data going on a date doesn't he go on a date this season? <laughs> doesn't Data have his romance this season two? You're not, you're not selling it, man. You're not selling <laughs> it's it. It's a good season. It's a good season. <laughs> this reminds me so much of old times. Yeah. <laughs> like... yeah. All right. So the book. What does the book say? Um, <clears throat> oh, this is his second... This is Jonathan Frakes' second uh, directorial outing. Yes. Uh, hmm. And then it says here, uh, Ronald D. Moore defended the decision to kill off Worf's popular mate, who in an earlier draft had a relationship with Duras... Uh, we wanted to get to a place where Worf was going to take... Oh, I already read that. So, yeah. So, there, that that um, Starfleet Alpha is... Memory Alpha is quoting this book. Oh, okay, gotcha. Um, yeah, this episode is not exactly a vacation for Picard either. It's a tribute to both actors and to the writers that would always have been that it would have always been thought inconceivable is completely believable here. A human from the Federation choosing the next leader of the Klingon Empire. Uh, For summer intern Brandon Braga sitting down with Ron Moore to hash out the teleplay as his first The Next Generation writing credit was an illuminating, exhilarating experience, Braga, who arrived with a strong production background from Kent State and the University of California of Santa Cruz. He had produced music videos, but got his first writing job as a member of the Whoa. Next Generation staff. We had to look it up. <laughs> we had to look that up. Brandon. <laughs> Brandon Braga music videos. Let's see here. Let's see if we can pull anything up. Hmm. This establishes that the Klingons and the Robulans have been blood enemies for 70 years, even though Worf once said that the two sides were still allies at the time of the infamous Kittimer massacre. Ah. And, in uh, 
to this point, budget constraints had forced the staff to use two Klingon vessels from the films, but the next generation finally got its own Klingon ship, the Vor. Oh, that's the the Vorta, the battle uh, attack battle cruiser debuted. Is it Vorta? Uh, Vor Vorcha. Oh, Vorcha. Sorry. It is roughly three quarters the length of a galaxy-class starship. The three-foot model was designed by Rick Sternbach and built by Greg Jinn. Do you, what did you think of that update when you saw it for the first time? Did was there like a? I loved it. Did you think it was? You loved it. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool. The I, I I think uh, yeah, just about all the Klingon ships. All the Klingon updates that we saw on Next Generation were were very much in keeping with the aesthetic of, of, of Klingons and of it looked the, great. I mean, the, and the future. Yeah, I mean, I, I think they all look great. I don't understand why. Oh, excuse me. I don't understand why um, the frickin' Discovery couldn't get their Klingon ships right, but. Uh, I have a. I, I, I'm holding on to my theory uh, about um, that it's all a Star nightmare. Trek Discovery. That, <laughs> well, it literally, like, yeah, like that we're in a we're in Wonderland here, Alice in Wonderland. Um, uh, Riker, uh, sorry, Jonathan Frakes. I almost confused the man for the character, which is easy to do. Uh, <laughs> uh, Jonathan Frakes' first episode was The Offspring with, with Lal, Data's daughter. Then it's this one. Right. And then you were looking forward to Drumhead, which is actually him as well. He directed, he gets the the credit on that. Then his next one is Cause and Effect, The Quality of Life, The Chase, Attached, and Sub Rosa. Oh. Yeah, so those are all his Next Generation episodes. He does, uh, uh, on Deep Space Nine, he does The Search Part 2, Meridian, Past Tense Part 2. I wonder why he didn't do the Part 1s of those. That'd be an interesting thing to look into. Question. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, and he does three episodes of Voyager how, 2. How do you feel about the introduction of, of Worf's son in this episode? And then being... I mean, they essentially they introduce him, they set him up, introduce him, and then it's like, okay, kid, you're off with the grandparents, and we don't see you again for. I thought. I mean, I thought, I thought that made sense from the perspective of of Worf as a character, like as a Klingon, and and growing up. You know, we've we've said this before, where we think that Worf is even more Klingon than a Klingon because he grew up away from his people he kind of like pursued being Klingon to the nth degree like he wants to be he never wants to be accused of uh, of um, of not being Klingon enough you know what I mean um, so it made sense I don't think Worf would keep a child uh, would want to raise would see it as being um, sensible to raise a child you know especially with his duty in security like I don't think he would have he would have. I don't think he would have. But as a fan, I think it would have been interesting to have Alexander stay on the ship with Worf. Um, but I think we get. I think it would have also created this other element, like that would have changed the focus of TNG. And I have a feeling that like a lot of it would have been um, more like what Cisco and Jake have on DS9 like in terms of that dynamic uh, so it isn't it would have been interesting to see um, uh, you know this but like does that mean like I can understand why like maybe the writers chose as they did because would it be t- at that time would it be too close to the Wesley growing up on a ship is it just like you know like how on different different strokes when the kids got old enough they brought Sam in and then you had another kid, like you know what I mean. Like, like was Alexander would have be, would he have been seen as a Sam on like on like Star Trek? Now that Wesley's gone, do we need another kid on the Enterprise to fill the? I, the I gap, just want to you know? sh- give a shout out to the great Dixie Carter. <laughs> she was the original. 
Then she was replaced by, I, I don't know who the other woman was, but the great Dixie Carter <laughs> on different strokes. Dixie Carter is an amazing um, actress. Did she ever appear on Star Trek? I wonder. No. She's got too much sass to appear on Star Trek. <laughs> too much southern sass. She would have been like, God. She's awesome. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> Oh, sadly, she died in 2010, Doctor. You just led me to another. She did. I didn't know she was gone. Mm -hmm. The late. Dixie Carter. Dixie Carter. Um, I don't know. I I think, you know, (laughs) sorry, that different strokes (laughs) analogy was dynamite on your part. Um, I don't know. I, I, I think I think uh, that's another criticism I would I would lodge at the episode. And again, I sound like I don't like the episode. Actually, I love the episode, uh, but I, I think um, that the introduction of Alexander it's it's he's almost like a prop. You know, he, there's not much dimension given to the character. Um, you know, with child actors, you don't want to criticize. I don't want to be that guy. You know. Um, but I, I think uh, I think the character just didn't really. I didn't really. Um, I didn't really feel much for the character uh, at all. And then you sort of introduce him, and then he's gone, and you really we don't see him again till a couple of seasons down the line, I believe. And I think you know the whole premise that the Galaxy Class Starship is there for families to be together, so you don't have to split them apart. And we we see that like you pointed out with Wesley and 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 Beverly Crusher, and here's Worf sending him away, and and why really? Except I don't know. I I think it makes Worf appear to be a bit of a dick, to be honest. Um, <laughs> but he is, but I mean that's I mean like you know, he he is. I think at this point in his car, in his character progression. I don't know if we can call it an arc because I don't know if the writers wrote that way um, intentionally, but I definitely see like at this point in his character progression, like I mean, like I think it's a big deal that he even hugged Alexander at the end, like mm-hmm. you know, what I mean, like I don't but, think, but that he that... had so much. He pledged himself to that kid whose mother died on his away team, and he's like, oh, I'm gonna forever be your whatever, your your big brother, and whenever you need me, you know, they had that little Klingon ceremony. And yet his own kid, he just kind of like, okay, go off with the grandparents. Well, how do He's you never know even he met these grandparents. Send, how do you know he was... It's a really good point, by the way. That is an excellent point. Um, but how do you know he wasn't going to send that kid off to his parents as well? <laughs> like, at some point, you know what I mean? Like, like how do you know that Worf's intention was to even raise that kid? He's just like, gonna pass him, he just a, passes on kids to his grandparents. He's just like... I do not have time for this. Like, well, then it's your job as the parents of a Klingon to take care of a Klingon's illegitimate child. Like, I mean, he has beliefs like this. You know, they're very like structured and like. Worf's you know an I mean? asshole. Like, he's very indoctrinated. Yeah, he's. Like, That's what he's I think. An asshole. He's totally. No wonder him and Picard get along so well. You know, I mean, oh, they don't like kids. Where's this kinder? Where's this kinder, gentler doctor coming from? Have you regenerated into the the fifth doctor? Or the, no, I don't even think that's good. I think you've regenerated into the eleventh doctor. Like he seems to have, like. Where where in your time stream am I? Like where where? Are, what does the fourth doctor say about this? Like like does he agree with war or does he agree with you? I, w- I wonder. <laughs> I mean, I just, you know, I'm just pointing these things out, man. Now, the fourth doctor would have kept a kid around, right? Is that, like, the would that have happened? N- no, the fourth doctor would have. See? I, that's what I'm saying. It's a different, you have to take it into context. Like, you have to take it into context. <laughs> Don't compare Worf to the Worf. fourth Doctor, please. It's a different time. Next generation film era Worf would have kept Alexander. I, I think so. Uh, I just you know, think, I, I I don't think at this point in his in his life Worf can handle 
you know and and that's what it boils down to it's not like you know what you're i i hear what you're saying and i like totally like you know i know i'm I'm joking around and everything like that but i think at this point in this character's life we don't really know him to be um someone who is easily easily expresses their feelings like later on he's like with deanna and it's a whole different wharf you know what i mean like but at this point and doesn't alexander eventually come aboard the ship like isn't he too much for the Rojenkos? I think the Rojenkos send him back because they are echoing what I'm saying, which is that the, a boy <laughs> needs to be with his father. I mean, I, I don't, true. I don't understand what happened. Do you remember? I, I, don't I really remember. don't. That's what this, that's what Starfleet Boy's all about. Is is I know we have it's to a trek of memory. It's, Let's see. All right, so Alexander Rojenko, the character. I know. Eventually, he on Deep Space Nine, he's an adult. And and I I, I do want to sit aside some time, please, for the uh, the highly this accelerated is... Klingon life cycle. I just want to say it's true because hey, Kalar and Worf no... screwed each other in, one year ago, and all of a sudden Alexander is 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 five. I'm like, how big are they when they come out of the? I mean, it's just. This is crazy. I don't understand. The, the mysteries of Klingon. How much time has passed? Are you serious? Well, this when did Kalar, when did she first appear on Next Generation? Let's look it up. Uh, it was, I think, my feeling is two seasons ago. Okay, this I kid's not two years old. Okay. He's not. <laughs> Wait a second. But is every season a year? Is that established? Hold on. I thought it was. Kalar. It could be. All right, Kalar, Susie, I'm back on IMDb. We're trying to figure this out here. Kalar's first appearance is... It's not season one. 89, 90, 91. So between... It is season two. Okay, so season two. And then this is season four. Yeah. So she has to carry the kid to term. That's six. I mean, <laughs> I imagine it's six months equivalent, right? <laughs> and then the kid's born, and now he's. I mean, he looks like he's five or he's more than five or six in this. Are, you're assuming that there's only a year, that every year of TNG is a year of of time on the show, though. Mm-hmm. I never, I never, I never got that. Did you? I did. Really? Wait a minute. I guess you're right. Yeah. They make references <laughs> like, like, yeah, Crusher was away at medical for a year at that's Starfleet true, Medical for right. a year. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. They do. Yeah. So right, what? See, what is this? Cl- so the Klingon. <laughs> I don't know. I. I <laughs> that kid looks pretty advanced for about, two years old. Damn it, Jim! I just don't know his anatomy. <laughs> like, I can't. <laughs> I, I'm just gonna hit him in the chest and hope it works. <laughs> I am wearing the blue shirt today, so I think that was appropriate. <laughs> God, you're so right. It's true. I, you know, I don't know. How did he know that was going to work? I knew you could have killed him for all we know. That's true. The trial, I guess, was not a sham after he, all. I mean, I mean, he did kind of kill Jensen okay. Gorkin. He did. <laughs> From a different point of view, McCoy kind of did kill Jensen Gorkin. <laughs> he tried to save him, but he actually may have ended up May have inadvertently him. killed him. <laughs> uh, Tell me, Doctor, do your hands shake? <laughs> oh God! Don't wait for the translation. Answer me now. I love that. I love that. <laughs> like so good. Well, it is like the 25th anniversary of Star Trek VI, so it's appropriate that we went there, <laughs> and it all ties in because Colonel Worf is it Colonel Worf or yeah. what's his rank? Uh, Worf's grandfather. Right. That's right. Um. Okay. <laughs> Establishing the the Worf's family, right, as a deep family in in Star Trek lore, which is kind of cool too. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
I don't know. I don't know like why I'm so uh, defensive of this issue of Alexander, but it looks like he's never on the show again. No, he I is. He up. does come back. Oh, he is. I mean, okay, he comes sure. back. Okay. He comes back in the, the that stupid Western episode where Troy. Oh, you're totally right. And he, they, they've, yeah, that's a terrible episode. And 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 suddenly he's played by. I mean, speaking of kids. He suddenly he's played by the the kid from uh, Family Ties, uh, <laughs> the the little one they added at the end. Ricky, not Ricky. Shro- uh, what Family Ties? Not um. Sorry, Michael uh, Keaton. Uh, <laughs> not Michael Keaton. Why am I saying that? Michael Keaton. We're, we're thinking of Stephen and Elise Keaton. Uh, Michael J. Fox. Michael J. Fox. What um, was his? Yeah. Remember they had wait, a little are you brother. They changed. They changed actors for Alexander. Yes. Now look into this. Yeah. Hold on. Yeah. You're yeah, it suddenly me... turn into that kid. I feel <laughs> I think I think my uh, my memories are from the Richard Marquand <laughs> universe <laughs> doctor. <laughs> I'm having a lot of trouble here. All right, let's see reunion, and then let's look up the actor here. He never <laughs> played Alexander again. I feel like this. Well, maybe the makeup does kind of obscure most of your face because I'm like thinking. Alexander looks the same. <laughs> no, he doesn't. When you see Whoa. it's the kid from Family Ties, you recognize him right away. You're like, oh my god, it's the kid from Family Ties. Oh, wow. Actors who play Alexander Rojenko. I can't find where he comes back. What's that called? The Fistful of Datas? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> All right, let's see. And that's not till season six. Season six. Excuse me, one second. Yes. The TV's not working. I'm sorry. Go for it. Which which TV? Okay, I'll get to it in a in a minute. All right. You want to give a rating? <laughs> we're we're gonna have to end Starfleet Voice soon because there's technical problems on Starbase Forty Seven. All right, <laughs> let's go for a rating then. <clears throat> I give. I'm gonna give this one a. Oh, you go first, Doctor. Oh, okay. I was I was gonna give this a, a seven. Really, I was gonna give it a much higher rating, which is eight point five. <laughs> Why is that funny? If I if you had gone first, I wonder what the rating. You just want to top mine. You should. You should always. Let you know me it's go a seven. First. You just want to top mine. You should always let me go first, Brian Bonsell. You're totally correct. Oh my god, that's the name of the actor that you're talking about. Yeah, from about. Family Ties. Yeah, yeah. Does he then play Alexander throughout? No. Or do they change actors again? No. No, because apparently that kid never grew up. So <laughs> so, so they went oh to an adult God. actor. Uh, yeah. The sordid... No, well, he, here we go. We have him in a, quite a few episodes yeah. here as Alexander Roshenko. But he's not he's the adult. In, that's on Deep Space Nine. Yeah. Well, that would prove... I know we have to. I know I have to go, but there's still a little bit of time. <laughs> that would prove that Klingons grow faster if they're aging the character so quickly. It might actually be a, a proof toward that theory that perhaps <laughs> Klingons grow faster, you know, grow old or mature faster than humans do. I guess that's because all I gotta say. yeah, yeah, seriously, man. <laughs> All right, I don't know how this episode of Starfleet <laughs> Boy got got from start to finish with so much uh, distraction. Not on your part, Doctor. It's all been me, but... <laughs> I guess I'm getting used to the new, uh, the new Starbase here, but I'm glad for all the laughs. Um, everyone, <laughs> if you enjoyed this episode, <laughs> let us know in the comments below. <laughs> And we'll try to do more stuff like this. Or we may not. You never know. We may may not. We never know. (laughs) You never know on Starfleet. You never know. And and on that note, Doctor, I thank you so much for uh, joining me today. Live long and prosper. And we'll see you next time. All right.